Hello and welcome, folks. Uh, we got a treat for you here today. Welcome to the first episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. My name is Randy. I am your host, but I'm not alone on this magical cartoon voyage. I have a co-host. I'm joined by Phil. How you doing today, Phil? Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome. We are going to have a lot of fun. Oh, man. And, of course, this being the first episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast, you're listening to the show, you're wondering, what the hell is the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast? Basically, <laughs> what, and basically what's going to happen is we are going to take this crazy journey through the world of 80s cartoons. We're going to take a look at an episode. Basically, each episode of this show, we're going to look at an episode of an 80s cartoon. We're going to look at Transformers, G.I. Joe, Gem and the Holograms, Thundercats. We're oh. even going to get crazy and look at the more obscure stuff like Snorks and Mask and Cops. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, just a little bit of a background on the two of us. Um, Phil and I have known each other for several years now. We met at a call center job, and we were just a couple of children <laughs> of the 80s, man. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, and, of course... Uh, Let's just get into the meat of the episode here, man. We are talking Transformers today. And just for the our first episode, I thought, what would be more appropriate than the first episode of one of these 80s cartoons? So we are going to take a look at the three-parter called More Than Meets the Eye. And, oh, man, this is just filled with so much nostalgic <laughs> goodness, man. Yes, it is. Yeah, I was watching it and just man, it took me it took me way back. It was it's just ridiculous. Like you, you really don't know what takes you back until you actually get into it. And man, that took me back because I'm old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like once you go back and watch that dude, it's just it it takes you on another level. It's just it's it's ridiculous. Dude, it really does, man. So. Really, just get into the episode. We are we see a space scene, and we get a shot of the planet Cybertron. We get our announcer, who for Transformers is a man by the name of Victor Caroli. His just really deep voice you'll hear throughout the series, and these oh, yeah. different, you know, the little beginning of blurbs. But basically, he gives us a little of uh, basically a a rundown of what's going on. We have two opposing factions, the Autobots and Decepticons. They've been at war for millions of years. And at this point, it's taken an absolute beating on their home planet. They are drawn and beaten and quartered, and both sides are starving for resources and looking for an edge. And we actually open up on our first two characters that we see. We see Wheeljack and Bumblebee, and they are on a mission <laughs> collecting energy just trying to scrap for it. I mean, they've, I mean, Bumblebee's only carrying like a couple of these energy conductor rods <clears throat> and they're just looking yep. for anything. Uh, so they are on their way back towards Iacon, which is the Autobots main headquarters on Cybertron for that part of the war. And they are actually interrupted by a squadron of Decepticons. And, these definitely have some weird voices. The colorations on them are the main, <laughs> seem to be the main three yeah. jets we see. Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker. But their voices are completely exactly. wrong, so they're just like generics. <laughs> Starscream! 
Megatron, guys. Pretty much is what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so they pretty much just dive through them and we get you know, we get to see them transform for the first time. Wheeljack becomes this box vehicle thing. <laughs> And Bumblebee looks like a flying saucer. It's almost like a Fiat, to be honest. Right? It is so weird because oh we only God. see a couple of these Cybertronian modes. Get, but the weird thing is the way they're drawn is they look like how they're going to look for the main series. So they've got like car parts all over them. Like You can yeah. tell Bumblebee is like a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> Although his Cybertron mode looks like... A flying saucer merged with a VW bug. It really does. Dude, it's insane, but I love it. Um, Oh, it's fine, but I'm fuel efficient, Mick. (laughs) But luckily they managed to get through here, and they make it back to base. And we see Soundwave in his cyber lamp post thing mode. Yeah, and, and he goes straight into buy my mixtape. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see so Jake's laser beak, and at okay, I want to know how the heck, how did Jazz not see him transformed? Like he transform, <laughs> he transforms into his lamp post mode, or whatever that sentry post thing is, and Jazz literally drives by him, like two seconds after he transforms. Jazz, I think Jazz is kind of trying to sell himself. Jazz, what do you think? Oh, we ain't found nothing, man. <laughs> and he was, it, it reminded me of Jazz, Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah, no, but Jazz, Jazz. comes in and he meets up with Optimus. He's like, Yeah, you found anything, Jazz? He's like, We found shit. <laughs> the exact line he delivers <laughs> negative. No, Basically. Sir. No, man, we ain't found nothing, right? North side of Cybertron's darker than the inside of a drive shaft. Oh, myself. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, basically... Okay, uh, disclaimer, I'm black, so y'all shut up. (laughs) I can do it. I can do this. I can do it. I can do everything. But yeah, I think Jazz was basically on the same mission that Wheeljack and Bumblebee were trying to find energy. Unfortunately, he, yeah, exactly. I mean, they barely found anything. Jazz found nothing. So We found shit! It's basically what he was on. He was on some Spaceballs bullshit. That was one of the best scenes in Spaceballs. <laughs> and the, the and combing the... Yes, and the dude that yells that... Yes, and the dude that yells that... found shit! That's Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager, Tim Russ. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh my god. Uh, yeah, so this actually sets up kind of what sets up the the series here. Basically, they decide that uh, there's nothing. Cybertron is pretty much depleted, so they got to go off-world. So Optimus Prime gathers up a bunch of Autobots and heads aboard a, sh- a space shuttle. Uh-huh. And of course, uh, Laserbeak, who for some reason is like the only character to get a pre-Earth Cybertronian form, because he looks way different than. I noticed that. I was like, "Well, what happened there?" <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of developmental budget spent on this scene, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 
the Decepticons, of course, r- develop their plans. We see Megatron, Starscream, and all that. Oh my god, Starscream is such a hater, man. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> ah, yes. The Autobots would have lost eons ago if I were in charge. Yeah, and not go- for nothing, but um, Soundwave and the little bitch-ass punk that popped out of his chest. <laughs> Which one? Megatron has no weaknesses. Everyone has a weakness. Oh, Rumble. <laughs> yeah, Rumble. That's what Everyone has a weakness. Yeah, one day I will do this. I will do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking Starscream. He has been a bitch for how long? Oh, 35 years. <laughs> 35 years a bitch. That's a new movie. <laughs> Starring Samuel L. Jackson. The, the, the Cybertron slave. 35 years a bitch. Does Marcella <laughs> Starscream look like a bitch? Then <laughs> we try to play him like a bitch because he is a bitch. <laughs> so, yes, the Decepticons board their space cruiser and really closely follow the Autobots. At this point, I don't know how they didn't actually catch them at this point, but um... the funny part is when they when everything was going down, the Decepticons had the upper hand. Yeah, they managed to get a hold of them and board the ship, so we get this fight. And at some point, they actually go through an asteroid storm, which is basically how they were deter how they got found is basically yeah. the Autobots had to basically turn on a repulsor beam and moved all the asteroids out. <laughs> and then Megatron's and, just like, you know what? J- just follow them. I I can't deal with this. Just follow them. But at the same time, like the, the Decepticons had the whole healing beam thing and they had a surefire plan. <laughs> Guess yeah. who fucked that all up? But yeah, the Decepticons launch their attack, and we get a battle. And, well, all of a sudden, things start going crazy, and uh, they fall to Earth. <laughs> or what we learn is Earth. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Autobot ship called the Ark just kind of crashes into the middle of a mountain. And the Decepticon ship just goes somewhere and is never seen or mentioned again until... Season three of Beast Wars in like 1998. Uh, that well, vessel... they're very elusive to say the least. But yeah, that that <laughs> vessel is actually known as the Nemesis, that the Decepticon vessel. Yep. But that name won't be determined until Beast Wars. Um, but yeah, they crash into the mountain, and we go four million years into the future. <laughs> Where the, where this mountain, uh, presumably Mount St. Helens or something in that area, basically an active volcano, or a dormant volcano, mm-hmm. erupts. Yep. And... So here's where things start to go crazy. So basically that launch basically shook it up enough that the ship system somehow came back on. So we get the little, so we get the Sky Spy coming out and it goes out. It is doing things because, you know, the, the now we get into the art of transforming. 
So the Sky Spy goes out, starts looking at, you know, finding vehicle modes for the Transformers, and for some reason, it's Skywarp who is the first one to get repaired. So he mm-hmm. gets repaired, he gets his jet mode, he brings Megatron over, and so they start putting the other Decepticons in the path of the of the repair ray, and they're, yep. they're pretty good to go. So obviously they they realize they need the energy, they need the things to, you know, they need to build a new ship, because obviously the one they were in is kind of in the side of a mountain. <laughs> yes. So, and you know what? It really seems like they would have won it. They could have won the war if it weren't for Starscream. I was going to say, but Starscream. This idiot. Well, I'm just going to shoot at these rocks. <laughs> Even Megatron's like, um, Starscream, what the oh, fuck are no, you doing? Don't do that. Ask me, Megatron. I have a plan. He's like, I just want to give him one more I shot for the rocks. Fuck you over. <laughs> and yes, because apparently, I mean, I don't know which one of them, but apparently somebody forgot to turn the uh, the Sky Spy off, and it was still mm-hmm. doing its thing. And so Starscream, Starscream, yeah, Starscream blasting the <laughs> Autobot shuttle actually managed to shake enough rocks that caused Optimus Prime himself to get put into the path of the repair laser. Basically, yeah, he tumbled and was put into the path of the repair beam. Oh, yeah, thanks. Oh my god, that was <laughs> hilarious when they reformatted him. He literally just turns and gives he a thumbs up. up. And he's like, thanks. yeah, he's thanks, like, thanks. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, that had me laughing so hard. Oh my god! Almost as much as that. What was that little panther-looking thing? Uh, Ravage. Ravage. <laughs> to where he attacked the workers, and the black dude was just like, "Oh hell no!" and jumped in the truck <laughs> so fast. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like he was gone. Oh, and actually, that's actually the next scene because we go to the Decepticons. <laughs> they f- yes. basically found a. Just an empty area. They know they got to start building a new space cruiser, so they need resources. They need energy. So basically, he's like, "Um, yeah, um, Starscream, you go find some materials." And Starscream's like, "Okay, um, it's like, I'm going to fuck you over again." <laughs> he's like, "Um, how do you expect me to do this?" And Soundwave's like. Uh, here, take Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buy my mixtape, but in the meantime, take Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yo, Soundwave <laughs> was is... working on his own thing the whole time. Yep, and I think that's much... where T. I think that's where T. Pain got it from. Don't quote me on that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they. <laughs> pretty much come in oh Oh, man so at this point optimus has sent teams out to look for the decepticons because obviously once they woke up they realized they weren't there so they had to find them and here's where we get introduced to hound and cliff jumper who are on team oh my god so 
where the hell does Cliff Jumper store that gun that is like as big uh, as he is? I think it's his penis. <laughs> it's his auto penis. Because that thing shoots off rounds like it's no tomorrow. Yeah, he so just doesn't I'm, tell anyone. Right. So, unfortunately, and I think- Cliff Jumper <laughs> decides to, you know, end his spy mission by shooting at the Decepticons, and he misses. He literally misses. <laughs> He's like, well, now they Yeah, I was going to say, he just, like, the thing is, I was joking about that earlier when I was watching it, and I'm like, dude, this dude is pretty much a fiat. But he's got the most murderous intent, so he's got like a fiat kind of Napoleon complex. <laughs> he just pulls out this gigantic like gun. He's like, "Yeah, I got Decepticons in my sights. Murder right now!" And he misses. Yeah, he misses. you could you could have gotten a full head sh- a full Call of Duty headshot on Megatron, and you shoot everything behind him. Oh. Yeah, there's a mistake. And he's like, uh, uh. I'm like, you're a fiat. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop, stop it. So, yes, from here, they get chased by Laserbeak, who actually <laughs> detaches one of his laser cannons that just literally just pursues Cliff Jumper for no reason. It's like, yeah. But, and somehow that ability is never seen again in the cartoon. I. There are a lot of weird things that never appear after yeah. this episode. And then it's Hound, like, he literally yeah, gets... Like, I, noticed, I was like, wait, that, that actually showed up one time. Yeah, that was it. And never again. Yeah, and um, Laserbeak himself ends up shooting Hound and uh, throwing him off a cliff. Oh, and speaking of things that never show up again in Transformers... <laughs> they had to tow him back up. Yeah, holler. <laughs> Talking about things that ne- <laughs> Holler, who never transforms and is never seen again after this scene. Oh my god. <laughs> like, he got written off so fast that he doesn't even get to like, he didn't even get to transform ever. Like, he was written out after that scene, which is just ridiculous. But he was such a big help <laughs> considering what happened. <laughs> I'm going to help you. Get out of my get out of my show. Yep. No, we just get more from from Ratchet. Oh my god. Although at this point of the episode, we've already had 3 of the main cast of Scooby-Doo in this cartoon. <laughs> um Frank Welker Auto plays Roll uh, Actually, one of them is the voice of Scooby-Doo. Don Messick is the voice of Ratchet. Oh my god. (laughs) And Casey Kasem is Cliff Jumper. (laughs) And Frank Welker is like half the cast. Yeah, you're right about that. (laughs) Um So yeah, they're the Autobots are, you know, tending to their wounded. Oh, and actually this is where we get to those construction workers. Because uh, we get Thundercracker. Oh my we... god, the construction workers were hilarious. Yes, I'm sorry. So they. Reflect... <laughs> so Reflector takes images of the van and trying to find energy. 
which somehow he's like a DSL or an SLR, but he spits out Polaroids. Yeah, I noticed that. that. Transformation made no sense. I was, making, I was making the utmost jokes. I was like, yeah, Autobots sit nudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Astro Van. Bumblebee, come look at this. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was on a tangent. I'm sorry, but it was so funny. Yeah, Cybertron is a real sausage fest until, like, you know, season <laughs> two of Transformers. <laughs> Just somewhere uh, in the middle of season two, they're like parts. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, the the ratios are a little skewed there. Um, <laughs> but yes, after this is um this is when Ravage attacks the construction workers and um they basically go to work on the power station. Dude, the son like defended his dad, and after that, the dad like did a super kick and just like dove into the water. Like fuck the son. <laughs> Yep, and basically... <laughs> and the son is like, get off my dad! He like, did this like wrist punch, he's like... Eh! And got bitch slapped. <laughs> yep, and after and... that, the, the dad kicks the robot off, he's like, oh, fuck this, and he just jumps in the water. Oh, yep. And that's actually the scene we get to next, is the, <laughs> the oil rig. <laughs> yes, exactly! It was. I rewound that so many times and laughed. Yeah, great like, question, I'm though. Forced. Um <laughs> like he was like, "Fuck that." E- even in nineteen, thank you, son. Yeah, even in nineteen eighty four, how was it legal for a fourteen year old boy to be working on an oil rig? Exactly. Get off my dad. Go back to school. Because it is established <laughs> in the, um, I know in a later episode that Spike is not old enough to drive. No. Yeah. Exactly. He's not. So how is he working at a construction rig? This makes no sense uh, at all to me. But, I mean, that's the beauty of 80s cartoons. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 80s cartoons are so beautiful. Oh, they, make no, they make no sense at all. Logic is thrown out the window, man. But it's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's so entertaining. It's just, you know that wouldn't happen. But the fact that you know that it wouldn't happen makes it that much more funny. Oh, absolutely, man. And... As we end the first part of this three-parter, uh, the Decepticons have the energy. They've made the Energon cubes, and oh, they're like, well, by we the can't... way, did yeah. they do that with fossil fuel is my question. <laughs> um, I mean, they made they Energon cubes out of a lot it. of materials. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get the oil rig. The Decepticons like, you know what? We need to make a way for us to get out of here. Like, okay, blast, blast. And they... Yeah, and they can all fly, and all of the Autobots were drowning, pretty much. Oh, it's too heavy. Hold on to me. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that gets... It's kind of one of those things that's not... In things that are kind of thrown away after this episode, the Autobots' ability to fly. Yeah, they just basically Superman it through through the air, and we're gone. Yeah, and basically... And the Autobots were just basically drowning. Yeah. It's like, hey, we have the ability to fly to this <laughs> oil rig. Okay. No, I can't. It's too heavy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. And, of course, as we get to that, everything looks in danger, and we get the lovely to be continued. And we, will, <laughs> and we ourselves, we will be back in just a few brief moments after these 
words from our sponsors. The Transformers will return after these messages. Introducing Blaster. He looks like an innocent radio, but transformed, he's the powerful Autobot communicator. The Transformers, each sold separately from Hasbro. We now return to the Transformers. And we are back. And we're continuing our look at the introductory episode of the Transformers. We're moving on to part two of this uh, three-part episode. And we continue from where we were before at the oil rig. And we get we continue to meet new Autobots. We meet Huffer, who is one of the most <laughs> pragmatic, pessimistic <laughs> individuals you've oh ever met. Oh, my God. Huffer. <laughs> He's like, I don't like anything. I don't like oil. I don't like water. I don't nah. like fire. Like, I don't. I nope. just sat and lonely. Absolutely no one. Huffer. Meh. <laughs> and we also get met with, and we also meet Braun, one of the smallest but strongest Autobots ever. He's like. Yeah, that just, was a bit of an overpower. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was cool. But... Braun is overcompensating. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of Ford truck owners. Sorry, guys. So eventually we get the fire put out because Trailbreaker uses his uh, force fields, which is his magic power. And Wheeljack uh, shoots foam out of his wrist. You sure that's foam? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll get to... uh, We also get introduced to Spike and Sparkplug. We get their names, the father-son duo. They're like, hey, they're we... actually really cool. I like them. Yeah, they're like, hey, we should help you. Optimus Prime's like, no, it's too dangerous. Um, no, don't we, do we know it. We're... You know what? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> literally, that is like literally a <laughs> ten-second exchange. It's like, no, don't, no, please. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like, are you sure? We we know a lot about Earth. But oh, you guys okay. said it was dangerous. Yeah, I know, but uh. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we move over to the Autobot base. Spike is um, kind of just looking out. He's writing in his diary, which is a thing that is basically also forgotten about after this episode. Spike in his journal. Yeah, that never comes up ever again. Like, why? I should don't... have at least some significance, but I, I don't mean, know. That's sort of a show. I mean, that happens with a lot of shows that are trying to establish themselves. They do all these weird things. They're like, yeah, we're never they actually going to get gonna... the attention, but then it kind of fades, I guess. But yeah. they never really needed that. Transformers is a shit. So I don't know. It's just. I so, just yes. And now we also get another one of our. How did they not see Soundwave transforming? Like, literally, Soundwave is there <laughs> spying on the Autobots. The whole time. He transforms, and Spike, Spike slides down that little cliff. Literally two seconds after Soundwave transforms. And then he picks uh, Soundwave up, and he's like, um, what is this? 
But yeah, no. Not for nothing, but um, I don't really like many Decepticons, but Soundwave is one of my favorites of all time. Oh, dude, he's awesome. He really is one of the best. Like, he is the master of autotune before autotune was cool. <laughs> so that's basically what it is. Soundwave superior, your mixtape <laughs> inferior. Exactly. <laughs> mixtape is fire, underground master. <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be so fun when we look There's at other shows. And like, oh, yeah. The- already Bob Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that guy was on this show and this show and this show. Well, folks, meet right? Frank Welker, who is literally the voice of like every in pretty much every 80s cartoon. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Like, we're going to get into the, I guess, pretty much the soundtracks of every beginning, every beginning song of the 80s. Different cartoons, like it's always been the same guy. Yep. Oh, and I know eventually there'll be an episode of Transformers where they use like this generic rock music, and it just gets played all over and over. Oh, like it'll end up being the music that Jazz uses, like when he pulls out his speakers and does like the sound and light show. It'll be like the generic music Blaster plays in like season two. It's like this weird... Have you found anything? Shit! (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Yo, Jazz like threw me for a loop. I'm sorry, but he really did. Uh, Jazz is my favorite in this show, though. I love Jazz. He's He's my favorite. He's so funny. Jazz, what have you found? Uh, Oh! Look, man. That's basically what he was. We found nothing. <laughs> and although this episode kind of like this three parter kind of establishes him as second in command of the Autobot forces, which yeah. as kind of the first season goes around, the role kind of divvies out between Jazz, Prowl, and Ironhide. The, they usually kind of become the de facto field commanders. That's true. No spoilers, but do you remember when uh, Hot Rod became, you know what? <laughs> oh, Ooh, dude, oh. the tears. The tears of a child. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the 80s backlash. <laughs> oh, we will, oh, we will definitely we will get do to that, that one day. We will do that with Transformers. We will do that with G.I. Joe. Oh, we will eventually talk about Transformers the movie. That that'll be like a, a special episode. Oh yeah. Ooh, there there will be thoughts and opinions on that one. Oh, yeah, we yeah. have to remember and suffer everyone else will. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> you you so, will yes. know this pain again. Oh yes, but so Spike picks up the random tape deck that he finds in the desert and he just takes it into his headquarters. He just takes it into headquarters, leaves it on a on a table, he's like and I'll deal with that later. And he just goes around and talks to the Autobots. He's like, yeah, he's so, like uh, oh, oh, look, a thing. All right. I'll deal with it later. But we get introduced to more Autobots. We learn more about their abilities. You know, we, we get more with Trailbreaker. Uh, we see Mirage and his cloaking technology. Hound and his Ooh, holograms. Yes. And hey, Man, so, 
Like, so we, were, we really didn't deserve used. what they gave us back then. Right? Oh, my God. With the way things are now, we didn't deserve this stuff. Um, but yeah, at this <laughs> we will, point, we will dwell. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at this point, um, Soundwave transforms and he lets out Ravage, who just interacts with the Autobot computer to just all this lovely data they've acquired about Earth. They just steal it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get the information. And they actually end up capturing Ravage. Ooh. So Soundwave escapes, but Ravage is caught. So at this point, Soundwave returns to Decepticon headquarters. He gives the information to Megatron. And so the next attack is on Sherman Dam. They're going to use tidal waves and get energy that way. And that's how they do it. They actually have Rumble go under the water. And use his pile drivers, which oh, oh the pile drivers! Rumble. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, they're basically like Earth dicks. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Earth! I don't care what anyone says. Fuck your childhood. Those are Earth dicks. <laughs> Um, but yes, they're so powerful even that uh, the Autobot computer Teletran 1 detects them. So we go to the massive battle. Um, so Hound actually goes underwater to uh, with Spike, and they fight Rumble. And then the, the earthquakes caused by <laughs> Rumble are basically devastating and actually cause the dam to oh. break. Um, there's, we got one point where Ironhide and Bumblebee are actually going around and Bumblebee is riding inside of Ironhide, shooting a laser out of his back to create, (laughs) to create diversionary, like tunnels for the water to go. Sorry, wait, wait, (laughs) (laughs) say that one more time. (laughs) Bumblebee is riding inside of Ironhide, who is in his van mode. Yes, Ironhide is the van. Ironhide is the van that lives down by the river. <laughs> Keep going. But yeah, basically the oh Autobots God. are having to deal with all of the repercussions. And we actually get the battle where Optimus Prime and Megatron fight on top of Sherman Dam. Optimus Prime brings out his energy axe. He retracts his hand and it just turns into an energy axe. Holy shit. And Megatron, he retracts his hand and it becomes a, a mace. They're literally just fighting on the bridge, like slinging one liners, just beating just the crap out of each other. This point. <laughs> it's just really dope. <laughs> yes. Hey, fuck uh, you. No, fuck you. But yes, um, eventually Megatron gets the upper hand, knocking Prime off of the bridge, and the Decepticons escape. They're like, all right, we got some energy, let's go. Uh, so they got to pull Optimus Prime out of the river. Jazz is the next one to use uh, a hidden ability. He retracts his hand, and he has a grappling hook. <laughs> Which, 
another ability that oh. actually gets used beyond this episode. It, Jazz's grappling hook gets used beyond this episode. Um, but yeah, we're gonna call that yeet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the weird things about this show. It's like, so what powers and abilities actually go beyond this before episode? It's high, before it was cool. Uh, oh, don't, man. just don't think that's the the end of it. Yes, it's weird. Been, the been energy. Been the ridiculous. yes, they need more energy. So now they're gonna. So now the Deceptions are gonna go mining for their next energy. Yes, the, they go to the Crystal Ruby Mines of Burma. Oh crap! I forgot about yes. that. All right, so here Woo! we go. So yes, um. Bumblebee is going to go perform some espionage. I get it. He's the smallest Autobot. Gonna, you know, good for spy missions, but he's a bright yellow VW bug. Yeah, that. He's like, always been that. It's like, I'm going to go undercover. Right. But you're um, bright yellow. Good luck, Bumblebee. So, like, all right. Um, Here you go, Bumblebee. Take this bomb and go plant it. You're expendable. What? I love you. It's like, yes, uh. <laughs> although, one note about Wheeljack here when he gives the bomb to Bumblebee, he's speaking in a very weird voice. He's got a Cajun accent. And that's not a voice that Wheeljack uses throughout the series. Nope. Um, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, so Wheeljack is voiced by Chris Latta, who also voices Starscream. And Cobra Commander. Oh, and Chris Lotta. Oh, act- that guy. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Lotta also has another role on G.I. Joe, which if you know that other role, you'll know the voice Wheeljack was speaking in. For some reason, Wheeljack is using... Chris Lotta is using the gung-ho voice for Wheeljack in this episode. Really? Yes. That's the voice that he uses oh. for gung-ho on G.I. Joe. That Cajun accent. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even notice that until I was a grown up. Like, I was wait, gonna say, why does why he, he sound like gung ho? Holy crap! Oh yeah, it makes dude. Sense. It all makes sense. Oh yeah, dude. Like, jeez. Especially when you get to GI Joe and Transformers, like the crossover on the voice actors is crazy. I mean, both suit were made by Sunbow Studios, so definitely had the same talent pool. But, yeah. So, yeah, they're like, let's take this bomb. So, Bumblebee transforms. Sparkplug gets inside Bumblebee to drive up. And they drive, like, what, like, a hundred feet up to the uh, entrance of the cave? And then they just, you know, Bumblebee transforms. He's like, eh, we're just going to go in the cave now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why did you even transform for that short of a drive? And then even then, oh, Bumblebee man. doesn't do good at the espionage because he gets caught. He gets caught, like, by accident. It's like, yeah, no, Thundercracker and Skywarp are just, like, just walking down the hall. And they're just complaining about being on Earth. They're like, yeah, this planet sucks. Like, they're not even actively looking <laughs> for Autobots. They're just like, oh, hey, look, it's an Autobot. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> 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 and then we oh my god and then the Autobots the are outside are just like um 
Where the hell is Bumblebee? Um, yeah, he really should be out by now. Prime's like, oh, fine. Fuck off. <laughs> He's like, fine. <laughs> let me let me transform in a... It's like, alright, Optimus Prime dispatches his little minion, Roller, who is just a, a sentient rolling cart thing that comes out of the trailer. He is now sentient. Bumblebee. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> and the episode ends with the explosion going off and Optimus Prime is rolling down the hill. That's right, folks. He's rolling, 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 rolling. (laughs) I apologize for that. Rolling, 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 rolling. (laughs) I apologize for the Limp Biscuit joke. (laughs) Why are we making... I apologize for Limp Biscuit, period. (laughs) Off the record. Uh, Why are we making Limp Biscuit jokes in 2019? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But yes, we've reached the end of part two of this and... (laughs) We'll be back after these short messages here. The Transformers will return after these messages. To help us in our never-ending battle against the evil Decepticons, we create the incredible Dinobots. Transformers, more than meet the eye. Dinobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. The Decepticons, the Transformers, get up! The Transformers, sold separately from Hasbro. We now return to the Transformers. All right, and we are back back and we are digging into part three of more than meets the eye the introductory episode to the transformers and we pick up right back where the last episode picked off uh wheeljack's crazy bomb well i know this is weird um something wheeljack built explodes but in what is an uncharacteristic move for the series this thing this was actually supposed to explode Yep. Yeah, Wheeljack, uh, the crazy <laughs> inventor of the Autobots. Uh, things break, explode. Although this thing exploded, it actually meant to explode. So there's the there's the one win for Wheeljack throughout the whole series. He has a, he has a clause, pretty much. Um. So at this point, uh, they basically get Optimus Prime turned over because he lands on his side. Um. Basically, they get him turned over. He's able to transform eventually, but obviously the dude just took the brunt of an explosion. So, I mean, I can, you know, I'll give him a pass there. I'd probably be a little tired if I took the brunt of an explosion, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they the Autobots have to dig through the the rubble uh, to eventually find Bumblebee and Sparkplug. Um, the Decepticons are just more nonchalant about it. They just they just blast a hole in the ceiling like... <laughs> We're free! Of course they We're are. Free. Like, fuck it! Let's do this and do it now. And then they just basically take off with the Energon cubes they created from the uh, from the Burma Crystal Mines. Um, yep. So at this point, Ironhide has had... Ironhide is having none of it. He's like, I'm gonna go get them. Prime's <laughs> like, don't do it. I'm gonna go get them. Don't do it's it, Ironhide. He's gung-ho at this point. And like, yeah, no! 
He's like, I like, appreciate the aggression, but although relax. funny thing, scenes like that have to be weird for voice actors, um, because the voice actor of Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen, also the voice of Ironhide. <laughs> so he had to sit there and argue with himself for this scene. It's like I'm gonna do it, Prime. Don't do it, Ironhide. I'm screaming, I'm screaming into a mirror at this point. I'm gonna do it. Don't do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. Don't. Do it. <laughs> I kind of want to do it, but don't do it. So, yeah. Bumblebee. I have nothing to say. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yes. Nobody. Silence. Shit. Ironhide. Shit. Does. But, yeah, Ironhide flies off and to try to attack the Decepticons. Blue yep. Streak goes with him because, well, I guess if somebody's going to do an idiot thing, somebody's got else has got to go with him. Yeah, if you're stupid, you gotta be tough. Um, so at this point, we get uh, we get to introduce to Skywar's powers. So he has teleportation. So basically, he goes mm-hmm. he goes behind Ironhide and Sun or uh, Ironhide and Blue Streak launches a missile at him, and um, yeah, Ironhide gets hit and he falls. So yeah, uh, Autobots um not really doing a lot of winning right now. Nope. Right. Autobots, stop fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's where we get a little bit of a turning point. Here we're back at the Autobots headquarters, and um, they still have Ravage kidnapped. Uh, Hall- Hound creates a hologram of Megatron to tease Ravage with, and. They end up coming up with an idea. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) So what the Autobot plan is, they're going to create a fake rocket base using Hound's holograms to try to lure the Decepticons into a trap. Actually a pretty decent idea. And so they actually, basically they, as they're walking by Ravage, they reveal the plan to him and basically let Ravage escape. Hound kind of just drops the key to Ravage Cage, lets him get it. You know, Optimus Prime's like, oh, yeah, yeah, guys, uh, go go after him. Just to kind of make it, you know, at least look like they're not trying to fake it out. But, you know, great idea. You know, the Decepticons show up to the rocket base. And they're like, um, yeah. So the Decepticons attack the Autobot. And somehow the friend for some reason the Autobots are dressed in lab coats, like they're scientists. <laughs> I, as you're like, saying that, I'm watching it. That's a funny part. Like I'm, I'm watching the whole thing, and they're dressed in lab coats. Oh yeah. So like, all right, time to attack. <laughs> so they have to like strip out of the lab coats like right? the Chippendales dancers. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Here we go. It's time to fight. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what? And I'm pretty sure there's a clip on the internet somewhere of like them taking the, the lab coats off like to like, you know, oh male stripper God. music. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh basically attack the Decepticons. The it's... it's Wind Charger. It's Bumblebee. <laughs> Tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here all night, folks. We'll be hard at folks. Well, and now and the main events. Yes, the Decepticons. The baddest start... bitch on the planet. 
Optimus. <laughs> yeah. He is. The uh, Autobots are attacking the Decepticons, and, um, well, they kind of win very easily. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, no, we've been had, haven't we? Oh, my God. Yeah, and we get a we get a reveal that Megatron is there, and he's like, yep, I'm the real Megatron, but did you really think giving Ravage that fake information was going to work? Well, I mean, I guess they well, did, because... Maybe a little bit. Th- I mean, they went through with the plan. <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't the worst plan they've come up with in this episode so far. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, <laughs> the Decepticons attacked the real rocket base... And unfortunately, they now have the energy they need to go back to Cybertron and give the Decepticons the advantage in the war. Um, so basically, at this point, Maybe the Autobots re- are... Reaction? Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, and of course, at this point, we are leading up to the penultimate, kind of the, the climax of the episode here. We're at the back at the Autobot base, and things are grim. Obviously... You know, Prime is kind of rallying the troops. It's like, yeah, this is basically it. We gonna we gotta stop them now or never. So basically, <laughs> we get big montage. Everyone transforms and rolls out for it. Roll out. And basically, we'll figure it out later. And basically, the Autobots go for it. It's like, I mean, they know they gotta go in and basically, as soon as they get there, transform, attack. And they pretty much actually had a pretty good strategy. They did veer off into like the two sides of the mountain to try to do like a pincers movement to kind of box the Decepticons in. That's the um, funny part, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at this point, we get the um, the battle. Everything, everyone's fighting everyone, and uh, I mean, at this point, the Decepticons do end up getting in the space cruiser and taking off. Um, ha- Optimus Prime is like, no! Exactly. He's like, I mean, he knows he's got to do something. He's like, all right, Sideswipe, give me your rocket pack. My what? Your rocket pack, Sideswipe. You know that thing you use that you'll never use past this episode? Yes. <laughs> Sideswipe's rocket pack, also never mentioned after this episode. <laughs> But yeah, um, he goes up, and Prime gets hit. Basically, they they shoot Prime. He goes down. They're they're sad. Basically, it's like, all right, we yep. lost. But then we cut to the Decepticon ship. They're like, ha ha ha, we've won. They're gloating. They've won. All of a sudden, things just start exploding. Because surprise, <laughs> yes, it's Mirage. Exactly. His secret ability actually worked. So what happens now? He cloaked himself and just got on the space cruiser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mirage wrecks shit up. He jumps out, parachutes to safety, and the Decepticon cruiser crash lands in the ocean, where it will become their base of operation for the next two seasons. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so yes, the Decepticons are presumed destroyed and Oh, we get Spike writing in his journal again about how the Autobots saved the day, and they actually... And it is shown that the Autobot ship is being fueled, and 
you know, apparently they'd worked out some kind of deal with various Earth governments to get the energy they needed to go back to Cybertron, and yeah, somehow mm-hmm. they, ne- they, they never go back to Cybertron. They know it's the best. Yeah, basically at this point, I think it was just sort of written to be a very vague ending, because um, I don't think, yeah, I think at this point it was just a miniseries, the, the actual series I don't think had been picked up at this point. And then uh, basically we, we get a, a little teaser at the end, you know, just like, oh no, the Decepticons actually lived. But yes, and that ends the episode and kind of sets us up for the future here of the Transformer series. Uh, so Phil, what did you oh, think yeah. of this episode in general? It was a lot of fun, to be honest. And <laughs> it was really funny because oh, yeah. there's a lot of things that were basically done that weren't to the best interest, but at the same time. Yeah, that's sort of the thing. Were- like, once the series gets into full swing, some of the powers and abilities are lost. Things get don't get referenced anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a big difference between the the first these episodes and then the episodes that follow it. Uh, but yeah, no, overall, I really enjoyed this one. There are definitely some weird, ridiculous episodes of Transformers, just like any other '80s <laughs> series. But oh my yeah. god, dude, these are fun, dude. I think the oil the oil rig got me the most. Right. That that really got me. <laughs> it was great, but at the same time, I was like, oh, mm, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Really? I was like, okay. Just... But that, at the same time, there's potential for the future, so. Oh, you yeah, know, and... And of course, yeah. the series goes on. There, there'll be some fun stuff, but man, eighties cartoons are just exactly. bad shit and sad. Oh, and there's I so love much it. coming, dude. There's so much coming, and it's gonna be great. It really is, man. And that's uh, what can you say? And and you know, and as we progress through the show here, we're not gonna do Transformers every week. You know, not even going to start with the beginning and go forward. We're going to mix it up. Next week will be an episode of a different show. Might not even be the first one. Just be a random episode. You know, whatever we find that we think it might be interesting. But we are going to run the gamut of the 80s cartoons. And, um, oh, there's so many of them, dude. L to the S. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's been it for the first episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Uh, you can find it every week at geekworldorder.com, where geeks unite. Uh, for me, you can find it. I run all of the Geek World Order social media, facebook.com slash geekworldorder, Instagram, Twitter, at geekworldorder. Look us up. Once again, the website is geekworldorder.com. Phil, do you have any social media that you want to plug here? Geek World Order, that's it. Just do it. If we don't do it, I'll come for you. (laughs) All right, and that's been it for episode one of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We'll see you next time.